Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I am your host Scott and with me as always is Dan and on this week's show we have another special guest for you. We do, we have Tom Howells who is head coach of Cheltenham Swimming and Water Polo Club. How are we doing Tom? Uh, very well thank you, nice to see you Scott, nice to see you Dan. Good yeah. to have you on the show. Um, so Tom is actually a friend of ours. We, he is? We swam with him at Gloucester City for how many years together? At least, at least ten, not ten, more. Ten, ten years, ten plus. It's yeah, ten plus. Yeah. Um, and unlike us, Tom has actually committed to the world of coaching now. He has, yes. So I went down the teaching route, I guess. We've had a little dabble of coaching. Yeah, I dropped out of swimming altogether. Yes, we are just the editor now, as you know. <laughs> as but, I'm uh, yes, reminded. Tom went into the coaching world. Yes. Yeah, so how how's all the coaching going? Uh, it's going really well. So in my current role, I only started in July, mm-hmm. uh, July last year. So still bedding in, still my first season with the club, and still just get his, still getting to know the swimmers, getting to know what they want to do, and trying to get what they want to achieve out of it, and also trying to learn the club, mm. because you can't move forward in a swimming club unless you understand the club and understand the club's values. Yes, yeah. Okay, so Tom, Cheltenham is actually your first head coaching job. So why don't you explain to everyone how you went from being your district level swimmer? Uh, yeah, I was a, a regional finalist. Yeah, so how you went from yeah. that sort of level of swimming and your journey to your head coaching job now in Cheltenham. So what, what kind of steps you took to get there? Um, so I started off when I was, I think, 17. I started doing my level one swim teaching, level two swim teaching just to earn a bit more money. Yeah. And after I'd done my level two swim teaching, I was approached by Andy Osborne, who was head coach of Gloucester City Swimming Club at the time, okay. to yeah. come on and take a volunteer coaching role, coaching a squad at Gloucester. So Andy was head coach when I was there, and um, I felt privileged to be asked. And through that, Gloucester City funded my level one, level two coaching. Okay. And got through that, took their club squad for four years. So what sort of age range are we talking? Uh, so that was just their swimmers that were not necessarily wanted to be competitive, but still wanted to train for fitness. So it ranged oh, okay. from, from 11 to 18. So what I'd call the people that sometimes get left out and left behind because mm. every mm. swimmer's viable on their journey. It doesn't matter whether you're going to be an Olympian and win eight gold medals in one Olympics like Michael Phelps or you are going to make one county qualifying time at age 18. You're, that is your Olympics to some people, so it's getting you right on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so to some people that kind of swimming is kind of just an outlet to them. It doesn't matter about the goals. Mm. It's kind of the social side and keeping fit and... Having this squad and this, um... everyone has different targets, don't they? Yeah. So, like like Tom was saying, everyone has their own sort of Olympic goal. Yeah, and there's no reason that squad is any less important than no the, the yeah. elite squad. No, no exactly. It's not, not so it's good that you cater for all. So it's yeah. all ages, all ages, abilities, and no, yeah, and it's good. it's quite challenging as well when you've got a cater because when you say you are taking a top squad, yes, yeah. you've got to get more technical and look at what exact meso microcycles they need and what adaptations you're looking to gain but when mm. you've got a range of swimmers you'll get some swimmers who are a competent butterfly swimmer at a club level and some swimmers that can't even do dolphin kick yeah and you've got to adapt that within your session and in your lane space to try and make sure it caters for all yeah so it's, it's actually more challenging to do the lower end stuff than it is to do the high end stuff sometimes yeah okay so how long did you spend at the club squad at gloucester I'd say probably about four years. And then your step on from there was? I moved on to, I then did a year of coaching the University of Gloucestershire team, which was ran through the Gloucestershire City Swimming Club as well. So this Mm. is conjunction with Dan? Yeah, so in effect, so Tom was in my team when I was head coach of the Gloucester Uni, and then Tom, in effect, took over when he finished uni. Yeah. okay. So yeah. So yeah, I, I followed on from Dan, and in the year that I followed on from Dan, continued 
the success that Dan had. We had swimmers make Parabucks medals. Yeah. In the year I was there, we also had a swimmer make their first a- uh, able-bodied Bucks final as well, mm, which okay. is a nice progression. So you did better than Dan? Just a little bit. That's always good oh. to hear. <laughs> what? <laughs> make a judgment on that. I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from Uni of Gloucester, where did it leave then? Uh, I then... I then took some time out of work oh, together. I you? did, yeah, mm. spent four months travelling. So I got back this time last year. So I spent okay. four months. I went New Zealand, Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, Australia, Indonesia. He's rubbing it in here. Yeah, I yeah. know. He's going <laughs> to add Sri Lanka in a minute. It's like, oh, I really want to go to Sri Lanka as well. Kuala Lumpur, Sri Lanka, yeah. Cambodia, then came back home. Uh, and then when I came back, I just was waiting for the right, right role to become available. And I did some, I helped out Gloucester City with some coach cover when they needed it. I started getting back into doing a bit of swim teaching. And then I came in in Cheltenham. We're looking for a head coach in July. Applied for the job, got offered the job and we're building from here. Oh, nice. What, uh, what changes have you made at the club since, you, since you've joined? Uh, so one of the biggest changes I've tried to implement is starting a structured pre-pool, okay, post-session, yes, yeah. like pre-pool, okay. post-session workout. So... The swimmers have got exercises they know they should be doing before they get in the water to help prevent injury. Yep, so yep. we're ready to go. So obviously following the ramp protocol, so raise raise the heart rate, mm-hmm. activate the muscles, mobilise those, and then potentiate or prevent injuries, whatever you want to prefer it as. Yep. So we go from there. And then obviously post-pool, we're just at the moment because we're still bedding in and we don't want to overload them. We're just going for free core stretches at the end of each session so they can know what to do. And this that's going from all age groups. So right from the lower swimmers in the club all the way through to our top swimmers. Nice, getting think, them into uh, kind of um, what's like a routine type yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what good yes. routine from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. a young age. Well, it's like you say, you can even if you are coaching at a club level, if you encourage world class habits that yeah, professionals exactly. do for those swimmers that are good enough to make the jump or have the opportunity to make the jump. Yeah, you've then got those habits ingrained, and they're not behind the swimmers that haven't. Yeah, I yeah. sometimes think course ability stuff is actually really underrated as well, and yeah. the fact that you're building it in now. I think is great. I think that's the way it should be done. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah. Um, so counties has just happened, hasn't it? Yeah. How did uh, how did counties go for you? Uh, so well, we just finished our county blocks. So we had a total of I think it was four golds, four silvers, three bronze across the whole club. Which for, for the, yeah for the size of the, the club. size of the club we yes, are and the amount yeah. of swimmers we had competing, that's really good. Because of course you're competing against City of Bristol as well, yeah. which are one of the biggest clubs in the country, nearly give or take. Yes, yes so you know, competing with them and getting some goals out of it as well. Yeah, it's, it's quite an achievement, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, loads of PBs, I'm assuming. Yeah, every yeah. swimmer that swam in in the county championships achieved a, a personal best in at least one event. Did, so did you write them nice. a nice message on Instagram, as you did for every club? Actually, there's no Cheltenham Instagram. Po- um, Profile oh, is there? Or, Tom, yeah. you need to get that sorted. I know. I, know, I have to get onto my. Yeah. <laughs> we have a Twitter. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we're not on Twitter yet. Uh, oh, something we should sort out. Yeah. We could. We could sort that out. Yes. Yeah. You need to get Instagram. Then I could say, "Well done, Swimmer." Yeah. <laughs> he, he loves a good shout out around county's time. Um, That's because it's good fun. You know, yeah. you got to enjoy it. Yeah. 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 So as well as counties, yeah. kind of Cheltenham, I think in the swimming world is really renowned. Renowned. Renowned renowned thank you for water polo yeah so as part of the club we actually have three current active disciplines so we've got swimming water polo and synchronized swimming oh i didn't know about synchronized no, nor did i oh that's interesting three. so uh, our water polo men's first team are the current national champions they won the competition at sanford parks lido last year so they okay 
their build on towards that. They've got uh, one of our first team players was the highest scoring GB player at the 2012 Olympics. So, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Again, another thing I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So we've got so we got those guys that are doing that, and then obviously our synchro section. Again, it's probably similar to our swim section. They're a building synchro section. Okay. So they're more of a developmental club, and then if they need to, they again will send swimmers on to City of Bristol to achieve okay. the next level. So, so those disciplines that you said, do you all work together as one, or is it three separate? No, we work entities? together as one. So okay. we all there are like there are members of the club that swim and do synchro. There are members of the club that play polo and swim. There are members of the club that do synchro and play polo, and it's just how they link around and work together. So oh, okay. my, my role in the club is I am mainly responsible for the swim section, but I also cross over into if the polo guys want a swim session, they come and run that with me because then I can run them more relevant swim-based drills yes, to yeah. improve them as swimmers. Because if a swimmer joins us at nine years old as a polo player, <coughs> gets to about 12 years old and goes, oh, I want to be a swimmer. <coughs> They've already got some of the basic skills that they need yeah. to then come through and come into the swim section. Whereas if they've never been taught how to swordfish kick, they've mm. never been shown what dolphin kick is or a strong breast like they're never going to, it'll be hard for those guys to pick those skills up. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's it's actually really interesting. So I, from my experience, I don't know many clubs that actually have joint disciplines. Uh, Maybe that's just because only... I was in a smaller smaller world yeah i guess you're then looking at the bigger sort of clubs like bristol for example they do the synchro and they do but for a small club like Cheltenham to actually have joint oh yes i know really yeah i mean the facilities are quite good like you've got the lido yeah when we, well, our last interviewed we, we had a british champion uh, he's world champion sorry oh sorry john <laughs> he's the world champion he's time at british champs in the lido so you've got that yeah. to hand so do you swim there as well or uh so what because of the way Cheltenham is we've based ourselves all around Cheltenham, so we've got leisure art Ladies College, Boys College, Dean Close Private School. We oh, use wow. those predominantly. Plenty of pools you can tap <laughs> yeah, into. We use, we use all those throughout the winter. Cause we, and then if, once Lido opens around generally around May time, we move into the Lido, which is outdoor 50 metres, and all the benefits yeah. we can then get from training outdoors, training long course. We're one of the few clubs which are fortunate enough to have that yeah, for a I, prolonged yeah, section I of the year. I was very jealous of Cheltenham always having the Lido there. I know. This is, so you maybe I should become head meters. coach there when Tom goes and then try and get a tan, you know? That's <laughs> never happening. No, I'm very much a lobster when I go out in the sun, aren't I? You turn the, col- you turn the colour of that polo top. I know, yeah, it's <laughs> tragic, isn't it? Peel them straight back to where I am, yeah. again. So, yes, yeah. Um, so you've actually listened to the Propulsion Swimming podcast. Yeah. You, you, you're a keen fan, I hope. <laughs> um, you made a very good point to us before we started this interview about our training camps interview. Mm. or our training camps podcast yeah and uh, a keen point of advice you would probably give to other coaches when booking training camps or organizing them yeah i because i was fortunate enough to go on one two five or six camps as a swimmer maybe seven yeah yeah um throughout my time and two as a coach and for the definitely for two of the ones i went on as a swimmer we as a club went to the same place back to back and for the ones I went on as a coach went to the same place back to back and I just don't feel that you get the same environment when you go to a place the second time yes okay you might get a top class facility mm. and yes okay sometimes there's stuff that's needed so I can remember the one that was coach was T3 in Tenerife okay which is a really great facility you've got a 10 lane 50 meter pool a 6 by 25 and then they've got an endless pool in there as well so you've oh, very nice. got, yeah, yeah. 
So you've got all the facility where you can go underwater filming and watch them swim, which is great. And you can run through all stuff like that with them. Ernest, so that as a facility is fantastic. But if you think about it realistically, some age group swimmers don't necessarily need all those toys to play with. Yes, yeah. Good point. So yeah. you are just, because we want to try and make it cost effective for the families as well. You mm. don't want to be, because I know some parents who've got three kids in the club and ooh, trying yeah, to send all three kids the on thousands a training camp. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so going to a place twice, you kind of think that it gets a little stale? Yeah, I think it gets a bit repetitive because you'd almost try and repeat. Try and better the Like try and repeat where you go again. But there's, there's pros and cons because obviously if there's a shop, you know where the shop is, you know how to get to the pool, you know how long it takes. Yeah. yeah. But it's... Yeah, I'd always, I'd almost try and get like a cycle of five different bases you're happy with, and then try and swing round on a, or even because obviously every you ran one every year on a five year cycle, yeah. and just turning right, this is where we're gonna go, 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 and you know where you're gonna go. Yeah, so the club and the coaches be. kind of become familiar with these places. Yeah, but it, in the terms of the cycle of the swimmers, mm. going to a new place every year could always take them out of their comfort zone see i think this is where we don't do this in the country as much unless it's the bigger clubs as well we should race more internationally as well so okay. it's not just training camps you should be racing other people because you get to counties and it's the same people you're racing against and you get to regionals it's the same people all the time if you race different people it's a bit more of a different sort of yeah feel about it you know well, i'd I even agree on thing. that aspect of a club point of view for local open meets mm. Because again, as a coach, you plan like my open meet radius is I try and go an hour and a half away from Cheltenham. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. want my parents travelling okay. too far. Because if they've got to travel too far, then yeah. it'll put some people off. It'll, again, increase fuel costs, having to stay overnight. I get if you've got to go up to nationals and they're in Glasgow. Yes, yeah. That you've got to you've got to go up to Glasgow. You haven't got a choice in that. If you've got to go to regionals in Plymouth, which is three hours away from us. You have yeah, to go to Plymouth. No choice, There's no yeah. choice. So maybe if you want to go further afield, is it possible to build in a training camp within a kind of meet? Yeah, you could you could do that. There must there be ways of doing that. Yeah, yeah must be. There are definitely clubs that have looked at doing that in the past. Mm. So they'd because I think um, when I was at Cardiff, they used to do um, a Stuttgart meet in Germany. Yeah. Okay. Um, whether they did training on top of that and then go to yeah. the meet, I'm not quite sure. But that I've happened. S- that, was, that was a yearly and an annual annual thing. I've seen it elsewhere, but. I guess the problem with then is you're probably not racing at your peak. Yeah. It's because you're at the end of a really hard block of training, aren't you? I well, suppose so. Or you could but do it so you do your two-day meet and then go into a week camp. That's yeah. very true. Something like that. Um, There's different ways of working out, isn't it? And it all depends. So. Yeah, but it depends what sort of cycle you are in your season. Mm. If you want a point where you want to swim hard and it doesn't matter if you're going to swim PB plus 20, yeah, that's fine. You're just yeah. looking for your I think that's part of the problem you? with some swimmers. If they think if they race, they have to PB yeah. every single time. But it's only when you get older and you learn, actually, mm. it's just a gauge to see where you yeah. are, you know? Yeah. So when my dad was swimming with Gloucester City Swimming Club, he, part of there, they used to go on to open meets to the cities that were, like, twinned with Gloucester. So you see it on the signs you come into the city. So Metz was one, Tier in Germany, uh, Metz, Metz in Germany, Tier in France. <laughs> yeah. Got there, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they go over there. They also went to Luxembourg. And from speaking to his swimming friends, that is some of their best trips that they used to enjoy. Yeah, the trips best memories. But it's almost a shame that there's not kind of, swimming clubs aren't really linked anymore abroad. It's almost a shame that that can't happen now. Uh, Well, at Cardiff, they they used to swim a lot at Stuttgart in Germany. So they would go over to Stuttgart and the Stuttgart swimmers would come over to Cardiff. Okay. Whether that still happens, because I left Cardiff quite a long time ago, it probably does still happen. Yeah. 
but maybe it's just the bigger clubs. So if we can ever get to that sort of level, that'd be quite. Yeah, nice I was going to say, is that something a smaller club like Cheltenham could maybe look at implementing, or is that really a long-term kind of goal? It would definitely be a long-term goal trying to implement it on the swimming side of things. I know our polo club; they go on to out to Hungary and Croatia and do tournaments out there against oh, okay. those guys because they are the water polo powerhouses of the world. Yeah, I remember yes. from our yeah. trip to Budapest. Yeah, yes. it was on so. like national TV. Yeah, yeah. So they are sports, isn't it? Yeah, like they they go they go over there and they the youngsters go and play and it's I think before we get to that level, I'd like to run a, run try and run a training camp first and then eventually maybe one day you never know build up to go in to a meet, but you've also again got to try and find the right level meet the right relevant meat for the swimmers. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's yeah. true. And you've got to try and find a club that's almost the same size and in the yeah. same position along their cycle as you. Yeah, and who are also willing to That'll take a lot of allow research, a bunch that. of random English people to turn up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to be quite trusting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The world's a bit different nowadays. but uh, Okay, so we actually did quite a important topic to us recently, role models. So Oh, yeah. Tom, what was uh, what was who was your role models uh, that actually got you into swimming? So as a youngster, it would definitely be my dad. He swam competitively, so and I, he was always quite a good swimmer when he take me swimming when I was younger. I was always trying to be faster than him. He used to beat me on a few sessions when uh, he was actually swimming with us. I ah, see. I joined late. He was all slow. So <laughs> <laughs> you better hope he's not listening now. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Yeah, well, he, he came. He came into the because obviously one of our old coaches, Graham, used to. Yeah. They used to swim together when they were younger and mm. he just basically said to him one morning, oh, it's a bit annoying that the main pool's not open at mm. six o'clock because getting in for, I think it opened at seven, getting in for half an hour's a waste of time and Graham just said, come along at six and get in, we got space. Oh, wow. I, I never knew that. There you go. So yeah. your dad actually went from swimming to triathlon and then he was a crazy person and did an Ironman. Yeah, so what happened was when I'd say when I was about 13, he was back in doing master swimming and we were swimming similar times. So then he started racing full open meet programs as what I was racing. And then whatever events I would beat him in that year, he would then drop from his program. That's handy. Uh, okay. And then keep <laughs> dropping. Then eventually once he'd, I'd beat him at every swimming event, he'd then move, move the triathlon, <laughs> moved into what, and then went on to do an Ironman. So hang on then, so are you going to do a triathlon then and try and beat him oh, uh, and go down that route? I'm never going to say I'd never do an Ironman. Yeah. Because if you say you never do something, there's always somebody somewhere that's got a record of... Mm. You know, True, so I suppose, yeah. If, if, Especially I, now. Yeah. I mean, I could barely run a marathon, let alone do a marathon after the swim and the cycle. Cycling yeah. is not my forte. <laughs> Swimming is fine. And then running, I think, is okay. Because... But cycling... Not good. No, don't, I've, been, don't I've actually this. been knocked off my yeah, bike. There's not any cars during <laughs> yeah. the Ironman. They're not going to knock you over. Oh, dear. Yeah, I remember the story because you were in Lanzarote, wasn't it, yeah. for that Ironman? Mm. Yeah. And uh, I've never got to that stage. But, you know, when you go and train, and apparently he yeah. depleted himself so much that he he got to his emotional side. And he, he was, wasn't he running the last sort of segment, bawling his eyes out? No, he was pretty, he was pretty composed. And he was actually running the bit, last bit, stayed controlled. It was once he crossed the line and he went to almost to like finish his pen, and we were just like through like the gates to like build us up around a building site to mm. stop you going in. There, yeah. one of them, and he was stood on one side, and me, my mum, and my sister were stood on the other. And he just said, "Thank you for putting up with me," and just started crying. And we're oh. trying to do this massive family group hug through this fence. <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> well, but, he he was clearly a very good role model to you yeah. because you're still in coaching, you're still in swimming, you're still very mm. much involved. Yeah, so without without him, I I'd, I'd say I owe a lot to my my career path. I don't think that 
any of us in my family envisioned, envisioned that I'd be doing this as my career when yes yeah when you know I was starting my swimming lessons at three years old and yes. then as a as my swimming role model would be definitely Michael Phelps as yeah. when I was swimming I swam 200 butterfly so Michael Phelps yeah being... I was going to say he's a bit more prevalent to your career yeah. than mine and Dan's yeah, yeah well that's where we sort of similar in a way because my stroke was freestyle 200 and 400 and that's what Ian Thorpe was yeah and that's where so it obviously works out that, that way yeah. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Lanzarossi, when he did the Ironman, that's the hardest terrain, isn't it? Um, In terms of lots of hills and stuff. I, it's, I, I don't know. I don't think you can say any Ironman's easy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. They're all, they're all different. <laughs> um, well, I would, it's, they, it's something they say about the, the island of Lanzarotti is it's windy. And they right. say when you're on the bike, whichever direction you turn, the wind's in your face. Yeah, oh, there's no, yeah. there's no such thing as a tailwind out there. So you always... Blimey. So that doesn't entice you to do it at all? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon. Anyway, not anytime soon. <laughs> so you're sticking with the club for now. Yeah, sticking with the club. Yeah. For now. So what's your what's as a coach? What's your philosophy? Swimmers are enjoying themselves. Oh, I agree. Agree it's with that. Swimmers oh, are yeah. having fun. They're going to want to come back and they're going to want to train hard. You've got to make the environment an enjoyable environment for them to be in. Absolutely. If they're not happy in that environment, then what are they going to achieve? Yeah. Well, they don't turn up for one. No, if they yeah. don't enjoy it. You've got to keep swimmers turning up. Keep yep. everybody going. Yeah, we'll just see what we've got from I there. completely agree. So, with is that, that kind of um, your biggest uh, future goal for Chatham Swimming Club is to really make it just this really enjoyable place? Yeah, you want you you want. It's like you say, as people say, if you come to work happy, you do a better job. Yeah, yeah. You come to training happy, you do a better job. Like you look at the best sporting teams, the most successful sporting teams across the country in all sports. Mm. They are always tend to be the teams who have the best team spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you only have to look at Liverpool at the moment, and they seem to be together all the time, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I'm, similar to me, I guess you want to try and keep people involved in the sport. Oh, definitely. I think we're because there. Are, I think there are too many coaches, especially in Britain, they get so focused on the performance route that are focusing for that fourteen-year-old mm. Olympian. Yeah. Just trying to get there, which doesn't necessarily happen. Like swimming's a pathway sport. Yes. And absolutely. there are people that you go down your pathway and you move on down your pathway to move through so like you yeah. said you swam at you started when you started swimming at Brockworth many years I ago I started at Brockworth yeah, yeah way back when and yeah. you moved to a couple of clubs to eventually City of Cardiff where yeah. that I, was where you I finished. literally followed the LTAD it's not yeah. called that anymore but I literally followed that so you start a small club and you literally build higher and higher as you go yeah, yeah just so um, gradual yeah. steps and then you finished at a where you were training with Olympic athletes and you were yeah. in that performance environment yeah. a performance swim club Mm. And then you had to go from there, and it's, and then that is where it is professional and it's tough, and yeah, it's either you make it. Or I, you go. Yeah, I see a lot of coaches, parents as well, where they push their like an eleven-year-old, yeah. and they're like eleven-year-olds sometimes not even in secondary school yet. Yeah, you know, I think people confuse that, and you're never going to win Olympic gold at eleven no. years old. It's all yeah. about building them up. And kind of ninety-five percent of the swimmers that yeah. are ever going to be catered for by a coach are never going to get to an Olympic no. final. No, if, it's if a very small more. percentage, yeah. less so than 1%, isn't to it? To create yeah. an environment that just keeps them coming back, keeps them the discipline that swimming yeah. kind of gives you, the life skills that, I mean, we've spoken about it before, that swimmers kind of take from their training. Mm. And um, just staying in the sport. Yeah. That's that's what swimming's given well, all three of us. Well, if you have a look us. at us three, we yeah. all started at seven, eight, yeah. and we're still here 20 years later, you know? So yeah. talking about it. Yeah. So, okay, in terms of, that's the goals for the club then yeah what would you what's a what's a goal for you personally 
No, I'd like to see. I'm very happy where I am with Chatham at the moment. I've got a project. My project has only just started, mm. so I've almost say I've got plenty of time left here to build this project to where I want it to go and where I want it to be. And who knows what could happen in five, six years' times? I may have a bunch of performance summers in Cheltenham. Yes, that yeah. all the same in front of me because I've got the talent in front of me. I've, I've got lucky as a coach, essentially. Yes, yeah. Or I could still just be a nice club, steady building with summers that are enjoying themselves and having fun and want to be there because they enjoy the environment they're in. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a very refreshing attitude, actually. I think, no. oh, I hope yeah. most coaches think like that. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. So, yeah. You almost go for a swimmer's first approach. Yeah. Because ev- every cycle of swimmers you get, like every five years, you almost have to sit there and reevaluate. And every five years, you are going to get a different bunch of swimmers mm. that will have different needs. You will may get one year where you get lucky and get 12 national qualifiers because you get the absolute natural talent who are willing to work hard and get there yeah you may also then get the next year next five years get one child who's capable of making that national qualifying time yeah but that's not your fault as a coach you've just got natural ability will will play a factor and you can't you can't decide that yeah i completely agree well it's it's kind of it's really i'll say again refreshing to kind of hear a coach kind of just say enjoyment don't the results the results aren't key um so tom it's actually been a pleasure Mm. As 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 always, it's been to great have a chat it? with you, and we finally got you on the Propulsion Swimming podcast. Yeah, thank you for so. having me. It's been uh, nice to be on. Nice yeah. to be asked to come. I've on. learned quite a lot actually. Yeah, I mean, we've lived around Cheltenham for so long. I knew there was a big water polo team, but I didn't realise that the three disciplines no, all I, worked I, together. That I was really interesting. The crossover is really yeah. quite interesting, especially yes, for a small yeah. club. Yeah. Mm. I like so the potential because you've got all the different pools you can use as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, oh. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for that. So no hopefully problem. we can check in with you in a few years' time, yeah. see where your journey's taken you then. Yeah. Um, but for yeah. now, I have been Scott and my good friend Dan. We have been the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. Yes, catch us on YouTube. You can subscribe now or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And uh, yeah, any last words? Um, no. no. But <laughs> <laughs> for now, we will see you in seven days. And we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>